Hello and welcome once again to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I'm Chris Levine and I will be your host again this time around. With music, I think that so often what we hear and fall in love with first resonates in a special way in our hearts. Wouldn't you agree? And sometimes the records that these songs land on, they may not be the most popular, but they may mean something to us because it's the first time we ever got acquainted with, for example, an artist, right? Here's a few examples personally that I'll throw at you. The very first Van Halen record that I own was Diver Down. As far as beginning song to end song and listening to a record all the way through, I heard Diver Down before any of the rest of them, including their debut album or like 1984 or any of that. Now, honestly, most of Diver Down songs are cover songs. But because it was my first exposure to an album by this band, it's one of my favorite records by them. A lot of people kind of view it as a throwaway record or like a filler record or whatever, but not me. And then now don't think I don't like the other ones. I do, but I love this record because it was the first one I owned by the band. Here's another example. The first Rush album I owned was Signals. I've told the story on other podcasts, I believe, or on other episodes of this podcast. You know, a friend of mine came over, I put his Walkman on my ears, and I heard Analog Kid by Rush, and it was on Signals, and I was like, whoa. I like this. So I got it. Now, most people, it would probably be moving pictures or 2112 or any of the ones that are a little more dynamic, a little bit more epic. But Signals sometimes means more to me than these other albums, which again, I love them too, because it's the first one I heard. Kind of made me a Rush fan, right? Well, the same thing applies to our psychology on vinyl choice this time. See, this one rarely, honestly, really rarely is on anyone's, let's say, top three from this artist. But it's in my top three because it was the first one I ever owned by the guy. This time we will be checking out Waka Jawaka which is the fourth solo album, but it's actually the 15th album, counting the work of his band, The Mothers of Invention, by Frank Zappa. And just like me, this was released into the world in 1972. Now, Frank Zappa was different. I I remember seeing a very young Frank Zappa on a show that was televised, old black and white show, where he was playing a bicycle. Do you ever see that? It's, it's pretty interesting. Other than the song Valley Girl that he did with his daughter in 1982, personally, I never heard this man's work on the radio. 
Seriously, nothing. Ever. Never. I mean, have you? Yet during his lifetime, Zappa released 62 albums. And check this out. Since he died in 1994, the Zappa family has also released 64 more of his albums, making a total of 126 albums that this man made in one form or fashion. And this is, again, with virtually no help from the radio. I'll be honest with you. I saw him on Saturday Saturday Night Live a billion years ago. I don't know if he was on more than once, but I saw him once. But that's it. People in his bands became well-known, if they weren't already. Some became famous in their own right. Basically, the band Missing Persons came from Frank Zappa's band members. Uh, Terry and Dale Bazio, Patrick O'Hearn, Warren Cucurullo, who also then went on to play with Duran Duran. They were all Zappa people, right? But Adrian Blue is another one. George Duke is another one. Ainsley Dunbar, who's the pretty insane drummer on this record. Uh, My goodness. Lowell George, Jim Gordon, Carol Kay played with him. Tina Turner played with him. And then one of the most innovative guitarists of the 1980s, as far as I'm concerned, Steve Vai played with him. Now, I was privileged to chat with one of his musicians. I I interviewed a a longtime drummer of Frank Zappa named Chad Wackerman years ago. And and he had nothing bad to say at all. He He was all in. But he told me that Zappa demanded high, high, high musical standards and imposed exacting discipline in rehearsal and on tour. But, you know, that can be said of others other genius level musicians too. I I don't think that that's just him being redundant or whatever the case may be. I I remember, and I'm putting this in my own words, uh, drummer Bobby Z of the revolution in an interview said that practicing with Prince was like nonstop. And he compared it like to an outfielder being hit thousands of flying balls to catch over and over and over so that ultimately he could just be out there and he can catch him in his sleep, right? Well, that's kind of the way that Zappa prepared his people too. Now, this record has four songs on it. Just like Tales from Topographic Oceans by Yes did. We did that not that long ago. But this is just a double, a regular two-sided album. The first song and the last song are instrumentals. The last song is the title track. And the first song is called Big Swifty. Now, these are just hybrid jazzy masterpieces. They're extremely Miles Davis-ish to coin a new adjective. They feel good to listen to. What's funny is I've had them where I've given them nothing but pure concentration on headphones, and I've also had them in a background, and they work. They work in in, in both ways. Now, there's a reason these songs feel so good to hear. Psychology Today said this about music in general, but 
It says, as for mental biology, a jazz player experiences enormous mental stimulation. Even as a listener, after a concert, my untrained brain churns out a continuous stream of improvisation in my mind's ear that can include multiple instruments that I have no idea how to play. Isn't that something? He goes on to say, a player has to engage the brain in multiple ways that classical musicians, for example, don't have to. First, there are added technical requirements, such as playing blue notes, swinging eighth notes, and unusual time signatures like 12 eighths or five fourths or complex African or Latin rhythms. There's the overwhelming scientific evidence that mental challenge develops new connections in the brain and with it new biological capabilities in jazz music and with jazz in general especially the performers such mental enrichment enhances the ability to memorize not only directly in terms of having to learn a large musical vocabulary and all the rules but also in terms of basic mental biology it changes you as a person. It changes your ability to focus. I, I can't imagine, because what I was under the impression of when I was reading about this record and a lot of his records is you think that maybe a, a, a song like Big Swifty or Waka Juwaka, that it, just on the fly. You know, and a lot of jazz is like that. It's improv jazz. They just do what they do, right? I'm under the impression by what I've read that a lot of what you hear on this was not by chance. It was written out. There was sheet music for this, and it was followed. Now, if you're a Zappa fan and I got that wrong, please let me know, but that's what I'm understanding. Now, the two songs in between the big ones are just so different. <laughs> Especially the, the slide guitar-y, bluesy take on the songs. Uh, it may just be a one-shot deal is the name of one of the songs. I could listen to it might just be a one-shot deal. The style of the ending guitar solo work for hours because it's just so emotive. And both this song and the one before it called Your Mouth are just like roller coasters of ideas come to life and that would include lyrically as well one of the things that makes him stand out is his humor he's not afraid to be humorous in his songs now this is also one of those situations where i sort of have to in, in on some on, on some levels and to some degree kind of isolate the artist sometimes from the music because I didn't agree with a lot of Zappa's philosophy, which he was very outspoken about. Some of it I did, but I can totally get behind him musically. That's why I chose this album. So you know what? That said, let's close with some quotes by Frank Zappa. And I think that it's going to kind of help more than anything else prepare you for this record if you've never heard it before. First quote, in the United States especially, musicians are generally regarded as sort of useless adjuncts to society, unless they do something creative, like write a Coca-Cola jingle 
and then they'll be accepted. But musicians usually are regarded as sort of the scum of the earth. And so if you want to be a musician, you just have to realize before you start that nobody is really going to care. And finally, without music to decorate it, time is just a bunch of boring production deadlines or dates by which bills must be paid. That, that's, that's the mindset of the person that made the music on this record. So I think you're going to like it. If you haven't heard it, it is a tough one. If you're into nothing but pop music, this may be a challenge, but it's worth it, especially if you've got time and headphones. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist. And for this Psychology on Vinyl series, the subject matter is the playlist itself. So we have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, Frank Zappa, Waka Jawaka, playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Frank Zappa Waka Jawaka. And here are the four songs. Number one is called Big Swifty. Number two is Your Mouth followed by It Just Might Be a One-Shot Deal and Waka Jawaka. That's it. That's our new playlist. But that, that playlist with those four songs is 36 minutes, so it's worth the price of admission. You can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Once again, just type in Refresher Podcast dash Frank Zappa Waka Juwaka. Hey, check this out. Our website for Refresher has a link for you to buy a vinyl copy of this record, as well as all of the other albums that we've covered in this series. It's right on our homepage. Uh, if you'd like to advertise to our global audience, if you've got show ideas, if you'd like to pick up some merchandise for the show, some shirts, all that good stuff, books that I've written, including celebrity interviews that I've done, and all kinds of products available to help you relax and refresh, check out our website. It's refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. That is refresherpodcast.yola. S-I-T-E dot com. You know, this show simply would not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor and please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends if you liked it. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, you could make a small monthly contribution. However you found us, you're going to see a support this podcast link under the episode description. If you click there, then you will be in a position to help us out. It could be as little as 99 cents a month. But here, listen, I understand not everybody's got it. And if they don't want to, or if they just can't, just keep listening and pass along the show. And that would be a wonderful thing for us. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.